this crazy dream About some folks who love this country Who all began to dream the same dream And when the morning came There arose across this nation People thinking one and the same And they awoke to find their freedoms And all their liberties Had gradually been taken away And when they realized the danger To their posterity I heard those patriotic people say We want this country back And our freedoms and our rights restored We want this country back She's been driven way off track We're wide awake and we're madder than hell now And we ain't gonna take it anymore No, we're not gonna take it anymore Remember golden days When the stars and stripes forever Symbolized her glorious name America But now it's all been changed And when we gaze upon old glory It's hard to fight back feelings of shame We're fed up with lying politicians And greedy corporations Who have sold us out time and again And we're sick and tired of sending our soldiers off to wars that we were never meant to win. We want this. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of The Conquered Lantern. You are listening to us live around the world here on www.republicbroadcasting.org. Again, www.republicbroadcasting.org. I am your host, Maggie Rose. And today's date is February 5th in the year of our Lord, 2024. And I want to do a little bit of housekeeping real quick. First of all, to let you all know that uh, we are bringing a couple guests on today. Uh, Following my first guest will be another guest. His name is Desmond. And he is going to be hailing us from Portland, Oregon. And he has been on his own uh, educating himself into the law. Uh, He's got quite a law background uh, under his belt. He has already won one case with one of the school districts up in northern Oregon, and he is going to be heard this Thursday in a courtroom in Salem with Judge Edmonds in his courtroom regarding the Oregon State Constitution and especially Article 2, Section 22. Uh, this is a case that he's bringing against Shamia Fagan as well as Tina Kotek and the current Attorney General, and we have quite a few people say that they're planning to travel from around the state to be there at 11 o'clock in the morning in Salem. And this will be at the courthouse. I think it's on High Street. Again, that will be Judge Edmonds Court uh, at 11 o'clock. But before we go to that, I want to introduce someone to you. Um, This is a gentleman that I met um, a couple years back. Um, He has been someone, he and his family had been here many, many generations. They're deeply involved with uh, being first responders. They've been involved with forest fires, as he has been himself. Um, He went through a tragedy um, a few years ago. He lost his child, and no parent should ever, ever have to bury their child. He lost his little one, and then he lost um, a girlfriend, a fiancé, in a tragic car accident. Now here a few weeks ago, he lost another, a fiancé, in a tragic car accident on Highway 99. This is a place that I've researched. I know some friends that live in neighborhoods where uh, people have been hit uh, and seriously injured on this freeway. Um, Just a few months ago, a young man on a motorcycle was killed. This is between Roseburg and Winston, Oregon. Again, between Roseburg and Winston, Oregon, like on the way to Wildlife Safari. And Ed was running for House District 1 um, a couple years ago, back in 2022, when I was running for governor of the state of Oregon. Uh, We had both left the Republican Party and gone over to the Constitution Party. And um, where both of us, we were trying to support each other and trying to get the message out of the voice of the people. 
Unfortunately, the state of Oregon has been taking a lot of our money and has been putting it in places where it does not belong. And they're not using that money to fix our highways and byways. They're not using that money to make sure that people who are driving on the highways and byways are safe. The Oregon Department of Transportation is saying that the blame has to fall on the state. The county of Roseburg, Douglas County, where Mr. Uh, Renfro lives, uh, the county saying it's not our responsibility. The city of Roseburg said it's out in the county limits. It's not our responsibility because it's Highway 99. It belongs to the state of Oregon. So with no more to do, I'd like to bring Ed onto the show. Ed, welcome to the Concord Lantern. Good morning, Maggie. Or good afternoon, Maggie Rose. How's it going? Very good. So, you know, you and your family have been through so much tragedy in the last few years. I mean, when you were running for House District 1 here in Oregon, uh, and we were hearing your story, I mean, it was enough to just rip your heart out um, that you had been through two of those major tragedies. And, of course, then I heard from your sister the other uh, day that she and you also lost a couple uncles that were killed in very severe traffic accidents as well. And now, uh, less than a month ago, um, there has been two fatalities following the one that I already knew about the motorcycle in the same location. Would you share with people a little bit of what you and your family are going through and also let people know that you've got to go fund me there for Tabitha because she really had no family. Give us a little bit of background. Uh, Tabitha Romans, my girlfriend, uh, passed away. Huh. Oh God, sorry. Um, January 30th, about, in between 1.30 and 2 p.m. on Highway 99, in between Winston and I-5, um, outside of Roseburg, Oregon. Um, this area, I'm going to try to get a bunch of screenshots. I've been researching it. I've been listening to people. There, there's one lady that said her car was totaled out there. She was in the accident. She won't even get behind the wheel again. Um, on, I want to say February 1st, a bunch of us went out there to place uh crosses for Tabitha and Brandon who was also in the car with Tabitha and Brandon's girlfriend everybody calls Brownie she was the driver Brownie's also got a long road to to tow she's got four four broken vertebrae the sacrum bone in her back is broken also she's in a full brace that goes from her hips all the way up to her shoulder so this wasn't just a tragedy for one family this was a tragedy for many families Tabitha uh, aged out of the Oregon foster system years ago. Um, she's got a sister in Drain that I have obviously been talking to. We met at the funeral home this last Friday. God, seeing Tabitha. I can't tell you what this is like. Now, Tabitha is not just a girlfriend. Tabitha was a woman I've known for 14 years. This has been my friend. Since 2009, this isn't just somebody that came into my life. And this road, this section of 99 outside of Winston, in between Winston and I-5, 20 years ago, there was a meeting in Douglas County at the courthouse about this section of highway. They have done nothing. They've left it at 55. I mean, you come out of, if you're going... East on 99, you come out of Winston. It's a 45-mile-an-hour zone. goes to 55, then back down to 50 as you get closer towards I-5. That 55-mile-an-hour zone has had multiple wrecks, especially right at Rolling Hills Road. Multiple, multiple fatalities in that area. Multiple. Now, if me or you had a section of road that was on private property and it had multiple fatalities, we would be considered... Um, I can't even think of the word, but we would be held on charges. I don't get this. Why is the state allowed to do stuff and keep allowing fatalities to happen in an area? You're talking three in the last three months? What does that say? And, oh, there's so many laws that I found out here lately, Maggie Rose, that me and you got to sit down and talk about because there's a whole lot. I'm going to be tackling in the next couple of years. I have found some stuff that, as Oregon goes, needs to stop. Um, my girlfriend's 
sister was at the funeral home with us to sign all the paperwork. Tabitha wanted to be cremated. Well, the mom that hasn't been involved in 20 plus years in their life, they had to wait for her to come sign the paperwork because Oregon law still requires the next of kin and the next of kin to Tabitha would be her mother, not her sister. Wow. And yet because of her mother, Tabitha and her sister were placed as wards of the state in the DHS or Child Protective Services. And these girls had been in numerous foster homes and had been basically abandoned or neglected by their other family relatives. But then I understand that the mother showed up thinking maybe there was going to be some financial gain. Is that true? I don't know if it was financial gain. I don't know what it was, but it's like, you know, I just signed the paperwork. Don't put these girls through anymore. I mean, Tabitha's sister right in front of me, my son, the funeral director was like, just another way she can screw us over again. Now, I understand that Tabitha did have a son. Is he, what, 15, 16, 17 years old? 14. 14. Oh, my gosh. And Tabitha was very young, 31, wasn't she? Yes. So here he's lost his mother when he's barely into his teen years. And you've lost a gal that I understand that you had a ring being delivered and you were going to propose to her just a few days after she was killed. The ring arrived. I had planned on like this June, but I had been looking at rings. Like I said, this is my friend of 14 years. Right. And we clicked, you know, and we just, she went mushroom picking with me this summer. She went mushroom picking with me this fall. My boys fell in love with her. It's just somebody that our family knew and everything. I don't know if anybody will understand this, but when everything feels right and everything just clicks. Yes. It, 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 it was amazing. And I thank God for the time I had, but I still want her back. I had to pick. I had to pick up her clothes and stuff today from her studio apartment and all of her belongings. And I am sorry. I just, I'm so heartbroken for you, Ed. You know, the reason why I wanted to bring you up is because I want people to realize that, you know, with all that's going on in the world, you know, people want to march on Washington, D.C. And people are not realizing that our J6 political prisoners They're needing letters in prison. We know many of them are being given diesel therapy. Their families and lawyers are not even allowed to know who they are. We're trying to work here at a grassroots level within our own communities to make sure that whatever is coming around the bend that we as a community can pull together. And when there's a fatality or fatalities like this, these are our sons and daughters in our local community. Uh, We have people up and down Oregon that have been reaching out to your family with love and offers to help and assistance because they understood that, you know, Tabitha was one of our own. She's an Oregonian. And the thing is, is this was a very senseless death. I can only imagine that the two truck drivers uh, that were both involved, they must absolutely themselves. So it's not just like Tabitha's family and extended family and Brandon's family and extended family and this gal you call Brownie, but also the families of the truck drivers and the truck drivers themselves. We're talking about five, at least five immediate families are seriously impacted. And yet the state of Oregon is not concerned about hundreds and hundreds of fatalities and accidents that have taken place within a block and a block and a half of each other between Roseburg and and Winston. I, I am shocked that the state of Oregon is still talking and not and they say according to them, they told me, oh, we have a project in the in the works. Well I've been hearing that for the last three years of when I've been hearing these stories. From what people say it's been in the talks for the last twenty years. And this is from local residents that live right around that. I've had local residents reaching out to me apologizing and saying how dangerous they've said that. Like I said, one of the ladies said there was a meeting about this intersection 20 years ago. 20 years. Wow. I mean, think about that. 20 years ago, there was a meeting about this, and they're just now doing something. They have no idea what's about to crawl up inside of them. Because you know me, Maggie. You know me well. When I get a fire lit underneath me, there ain't nothing stopping me. 
Well, you sound an awful lot like the other guest who's going to be coming up, Mr. Desmond Ballard, uh, with his court case on Thursday. I mean, he's the same way. The, the point is, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? Well, you know, we tried to be the squeaky wheel two years ago. Um, we were told that a certain other gentleman running for governor was going to have charges filed because everything was sent to the uh, attorney general. And we still haven't heard nothing about that as Constitution Party. Now, have we, Maggie? No, we haven't. And, you know, folks, many of you know my uh, my name, Maggie Rose, I've had for almost 30 years. It's a non-diplume. But when I was running for governor, when I first left the Republican Party, Ed, as you know, it's because the so many in the Republican Party have basically become part of a captured operation. And the Democrats and, and Republicans don't like each other. They play this bat, back and forth. Well, I don't like you. You don't like me. We don't agree with each other. But let's at least keep it to a two-party system where at least we will all take turns back and forth being in power. And the point is, is when I left the Republican Party was because of the infighting. And uh, the Democrats, they don't like each other even in their own party, but at least they've learned to work together. When I went to the Constitution Party, it was only to be a county chair. And when they had five choices for their gubernatorial candidate, they eliminated two of them. Another one dropped out and said that she didn't want to be in the running anymore. And then you guys were left with this one individual. And I was asked, as you know, at the Constitutional Party primary, which always has to be after the Republican-Democrat Party primary, which was May of 2022, I was asked to show up there and consider being nominated you were there at that and what's so sad is the fact is that this one individual that you mentioned um i had years before been his campaign manager when he was running for a federal position and found that he was a grifter he borrowed money from people that he didn't pay back and we found the entire constitution party turned up on its ear well i'm back in the republican party now but one of the things I'm discovering is that the Republican Party in so many counties are fracturing. If we can't pull together as Oregonians and tell the state of Oregon, look, your judicial system is broken. Your transportation system is b broken. Tina Kotek right now wants to up the taxes more on our gasoline. And she also wants to put tolls on all of our roads, especially Highway 5 and 205, why not be putting the money she's already got on Highway 99 where we have more fatalities than just about any highway in Oregon? Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, Highway 99, here's the other thing. February 1st of 2000, 2008, the other death you mentioned for me was also on Highway 99 in between Camby and Oregon City with another semi-truck. Um, wow. What you won't, what you don't know about this one out here is, off of Rolling Hills Road, Winston Water has a waste treatment plant. These trucks are hauling in, tanker trucks are hauling stuff down to that waste plant, dumping it. They're coming off Rolling Hills Road, and then they're trying to turn into what would, they're trying to turn eastbound, going back toward I five, and they're turning into what is a westbound turn lane. So that westbound turn lane is to turn to go south onto, I think it's a door or it's something like that road right across from Rolling Hills. So they're actually t illegally turning into that turn lane. And that's what happened that day was Brownie was driving eastbound on 99, coming up on Rolling Hills Road. A tanker truck pulls out of Rolling Hills. His front end comes across into her lane. So she hits her brakes. He then darts back into the turn lane and... That semi-truck, I believe, in my personal opinion, due to the skid marks and stuff, wasn't paying attention to her slowing down and hit her from behind. As he hit her, he pushed her approximately another 180 feet. With all of the brakes locked up, his front bumper was on top of her, over the top of her back tires. If you, I don't know if you've seen the picture... But literally, yes, it, I've seen the picture. It's it's pretty tragic. I mean, my goodness. I mean, the picture says it all. I mean, and he pushed him 180 feet with his brakes locked up, and her brakes locked up. 
You guys can figure out the math. Yes. But something needs to be done there before more people die. And, you know, we, you know me when I get fired up and I'm going to start making a lot of noise. It's not going to be squeaky. It's going to be a lot of noise. I'm looking at talking to an attorney and we're going to go after the state of Oregon for negligence. Can you the, tell me right now, um, are you going to be able to bring up the case of Brandon as well? Tell us a little bit about Brandon. How old was he? How did he know uh, your fiance? Okay. Brandon is 20 years old. I got to meet his family for the first time when we put the crosses in. Um, Brandon knew my fiance because Brownie, who was a driver, was my was my girlfriend's best friend. And Brand and Brownie was his girlfriend. From what I understand, Brandon was an amazing kid. He uh, graduated from Roseburg. Everybody I've talked to has had nothing but great things to say about him. His family, his best friend was out there when we put the crosses in. Um, that truck hit that Jeep hard enough to knock the driveline out of the Jeep. The driveline was sitting on the side of the road the day that we put the crosses up. We actually used the driveline to hammer the crosses into the ground. Wow. Now, if you're a mechanic or anybody else and you know what it takes to break a driveline out of a vehicle... Yes. Then you know what I'm talking about. That doesn't just happen from a rear-end collision. That is a lot of force. The force of the accident actually broke my girlfriend's neck on impact. The whiplash effect broke her neck. This is... This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I have at times to be strong for my boys, my parents, my family, for her sister, her brother-in-law, her nephew. Oh, my God, he's just amazing. And he has to grow up without his aunt. The sister has to not have her sister around for his graduation, his birthdays. I mean, this is... This is beyond tragic for on so many fronts that I can't even name all of them. A best, a best friend lost her boyfriend and her best friend all at the same time. Ed, is there a way that you can tell people uh, her name is Tabitha Romans, yes. R-O-M-A-N-S? Could you please yes. tell them where they can go to the GoFundMe site? We still need a few hundred dollars more to uh, be able to take care of her cremation, right? Yes, there's a GoFundMe that was posted on what's going on in Cottage Grove. There's, you might be able to look it up. I, I'm trying to actually look it up right now, and I didn't even think about having this. I got it right here. It says that Beverly Johnson, which is your niece, yes, is that's helping what we, schedule that, right? Yes. Okay, and it's, so it's a GoFundMe, folks. The GoFundMe, um, if you want to put a little 2 or $3 donation extra in there, to help keep the GoFundMe uh, operational with their staff, that would be great. But it's for Tabitha Romans, R-O-M-A-N-S. And there's a picture of her there. She's wearing kind of like a white bandana. She's a beautiful girl. And oh. if it goes over um, the $2,000 that we're looking for, I know it says a lot more on there, but that's before we found out so many people were going to be helping uh, donate for the rest of the funeral expenses. But if it goes over the 2000 you're going to give that to Brandon's family, right? Everything will go for Brandon. Everything I get is going to go to Brandon and Tabitha's families for the uh, funerals, uh, celebration of life, whatever it is they decide. And anything after that will go to Tabitha's, Tabitha and Brandon's families and be split between the both families. Because that's what this is about. This isn't about me or anything else. All I'm here for is to honor Tabitha in the memory and the way she wanted to be you know, put to rest. And that's, you know, so, that with if, the, the, yeah, people go to the GoFundMe. It's Tabitha, T-A-B-I-T-H-A. That's Tabitha, T-A-B-I-T-H-A, Roman, R-O-M-A-N. And it's the person who organized this was your niece, Beverly Johnson. Yes. Uh, again, Tabitha has been an Oregonian all her life. Um, basically, she had very hard uh, uh growing up 
She was a part of DHS, the Child Protective Service System, who basically are very cold and very unfeeling towards many of our young people. And as soon as they turn 18, they're almost literally kicked out in the street, aren't they, Ed? Yeah, that's what I understand, and it's been it's been horrible. I mean, Tabitha has come a long ways. She was an amazing person, um, a great friend, <laughs> a, an, an amazing person to everybody she touched. I mean, you talk to anybody, and they'll tell you that she was loving. She would be there for anybody. We lost a, a, a beautiful woman and a beautiful soul all at the same time. Well, Ed, my my digital arms are around you, and you know we're going to be at her celebration of life. We're going to be helping there with the um, uh, with the reception you're going to be having for her. And I'm encouraging people, please. This is one of our kids here in Oregon, and I know there's cases like this all over the country, but this is one that you know I know Ed, I know Rosa, his sister. Um, their father is just absolutely heartbroken. This was going to be his daughter-in-law. She already was a daughter-in-law to the family. And so, folks, if you could please help um, this family, I'd really appreciate it. Ed, you and I are going to work together, and we're going to take this to Salem, and we're going to get some changes, all right? We got to do something. (laughs) Yes, I agree. The time of waiting for the state of Oregon is over. Yeah, they're going to hear from me. Like I said. I, if I have to, I'm going to find an attorney and I'm going to go after him for negligence because that's exactly what this was. This was negligence for all those families that lost. And I'm I'm going to try to get a hold of every family. Hopefully, we can get a class action lawsuit for negligence against the state of Oregon. It's time this stops and it stops now. Right. If they're going to turn around and keep raising our gas taxes and then talk about putting tolls up and down I-5, especially at the interchange of I-5 and 205 when people have to go to the airport. This is ridiculous. We had nothing but tyranny under Kate Brown, and now we have tyranny under Tina Kotek. And if and when I'm ever able to become governor of Oregon, uh, I'll tell you right now, there's going to be some major changes in the state, Ed, and I know that you're going to have my back. You know, I, as I've told you from the beginning, I am here for people that want to be here for Oregonians. It was never about, yes. I told you this a long time ago, it was never about me. It was what, what's best for Oregonians, and that's what we right. need. The, this bullshit political field of left and right and Republican and Democrat. What happened to the 80s when everybody could just freaking work for the people? Yes, I totally agree with you. Okay, so uh, folks, this is Ed Renfro. Please go to the GoFundMe for Tabitha Romans. It's under Beverly Johnson, who is the fundraising sponsor. Ed, thank you very much, and we'll be in touch. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Maggie Rose. You have a great day. God bless you, Edward. Folks, this is Maggie Rose. We're going to go to a station break here in just a moment. And I understand that um, after we have uh, Desmond Ballard coming up here in a couple minutes, uh, then we're going to be having Don Powers coming back. Don Powers has been with us before. And uh, so we're going to be going to a station break here in just a few minutes. Do not go away, folks. This is Maggie Rose, and you're listening to The Conquer Lantern here at www.republicbroadcasting.org. Uh, let's see here. We're going to see if I can pull this up again. Hey, um, grow to be a man and sing what must be sung, oh boy, sing what must be sung. And I don't give a damn about a greenback a dollar, spend it fast as I can. For a willing song and a good guitar, the only things that I understand, oh boy, the only things that I understand. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org.
homeowners? Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shiloji hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shiloji Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shiloji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shiloji by other names. Shilojit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. What I hate is most folks don't seem to care at all. What I hate is looking up and seeing chemtrails in a clear blue sky today. What I hate is hitting roadblocks on a highway in my way and what I live for is a chance to change and be everything I can be what I love is someone Bright enough to see What I hate is what I hate And I always will What I hate is Someone mad enough to kill Someone Folks, with a heart that's Republic Broadcasting Network. You are listening to the Concord Lantern. I am your host, Maggie Rose, and today's date is the fifth of February. You are listening to us live. We are now going into the next thirty minutes of the two hour show. 
And I am bringing on another guest for us. His name is Desmond Ballard. Now, we met him in the Constitution Party um, a few years ago when I was running for governor and Ed was running for House District 1 um, as an Oregonian who is very concerned about many issues going on here in Oregon. Desmond has very interesting uh, information to give us. He has been um, a self-made man. This man has a legal background under his belt, and much of it has been uh, its been amazing. If you don't know his Telegram channel, uh, the Telegram channel is who, what, why, um, and he posts all kinds of PDFs and court um, information up on there, and he has something happening this Thursday. But first, I'd like to bring Desmond up. I want to thank his beautiful bride, Kayla, and their children. Uh, Kayla has been very, very instrumental in supporting her husband and making sure that he can go forward with what he has been doing uh, while also trying to raise a family. Uh, so we want to put a big shout out to Kayla as well. Desmond, thank you for coming on the show. <coughs> thank you. Thank you for having me, Governor. Oh, well, <laughs> not yet, but yeah, I know, I know legally and lawfully I am, but you might want to kind of explain to people uh, why you and so many people are calling me governor and governors. It was really very humbling. And um, the other day I went to um, um, Mr. Garcia's birthday party up in uh, Eugene, uh, what used to be called Trudy's. Uh, it's now called the Tall Fur. And uh, he's been calling me governess for about two years now. Uh, Mr. Garcia had his 55th birthday up there. And um, I, like I said, it's very humbling but people need to understand what has been happening in the state of Oregon has been the rich and the elitist, including the rich elitist Republicans that are part of the establishment um, that have been basically controlling what's going on here in Oregon. So would you please explain to people why you're calling me uh, a governess? Of course, of course. I call you governess because I know that Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution is a live part of our law and if our governor i mean if our secretary of state former secretary of state shamir fagan applied that law like she was supposed to to your election then you would be the rightful seat holder now can you explain kind of what they've been doing and violating article 2 section 22 yes um this started uh, I believe 1994 uh, with the citizens of Oregon through the initiative process passing an amendment to our state constitution to make our elections um, beneficial for the, the citizens of Oregon. We didn't want corporations to run our elections. We didn't want people cross district looting other people's um, public officers so that they could receive the benefit of having them work for them. And in 1995, the then Secretary of State, um, Keesland, he allowed himself to be sued in federal court to, to block on that, that constitutional provision. And that was a, a fraudulent case. Because a lower federal court doesn't have jurisdiction over our state constitution. But he allowed himself to, to go through it anyway. And just to be omnipresent, I understand the point of view. They were making a lot of money through these campaigns. When you have large corporations or people from out of state who are funding your campaign contributions versus the locals who are if you're in a rural, rural area, you might not be getting the amount of money that you think you need to run a successful campaign. Well, it's not profitable, especially with Oregon paying their uh, our public officers the least amount of every other state in the United States. Um, so they decided to find a way to get rid of it. Unfortunately, they, they did it unlawfully. But in 2020... When campaigns were going up against Kay Brown in Multnomah County, the Democrats here in Multnomah County wanted to find out who was putting those up. So they passed an ordinance to, to get them exposed. 
that ordinance violated um, the case law that was holding back Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon Constitution. So took it to the Oregon Supreme Court to get that case law overturned. And they were successful. They got it overturned. Unfortunately for them, what they didn't realize is that they removed the only blockade on Article 2, Section 22 of our state constitution because no court in the state of Oregon, and I repeat that again, no court in the state of Oregon has ever relied on the federal case. We've only relied on the state case in the state of Oregon. Uh, they cleared the way for Article 2, Section 22 to be applied in your election. Shamia Fagan, knowing that she was supposed to at least inquire whether or not to apply it, just completely ignored it. In fact, um, they inquired, I believe it was her, uh, the person she succeeded, um, was a Republican, I forget her name, but she inquired about um, the other uh, amendment to our state constitution that was in, in the same case. Unfortunately, that amendment dealt with not only campaign contributions, but um, the how they spend the money. I forgot what this expenditures. It dealt with it dealt with expenditures as well. But Article Two, Section Twenty Two, solely deals with campaign contributions. It does not deal with expenditures. And the, when they overturned that case in favor of the Monomah County Ordinance. They only overturned the portion that dealt with campaign contributions. They did not overturn the portion that dealt with expenditures. So they used that that particular case to say that, oh well, nothing in this in this case law gets reapplied. We can't apply anything in this case. But that's not it's not the case. And it wasn't the case. So I sued Shamir Fagan. And that's when the the fun began for me. Now, do you have any questions, Ed, so far for Mr. Desmond uh, Ballard? Ed, are you there? Yeah, sorry, I had it on mute. Um, it's okay. Do you have any questions for Desmond? I'm actually learning a lot that I didn't know. Like I said, I, you know me as well as anybody, Maggie, and you know I like to learn. I'm learning a lot. Um, don't think you know i'll talk i'll try to get all desmond later and i'd like to sit down and talk with him about some stuff to deal with, deal with our special education and our kids that aren't being taught properly amen to that i would love to talk to you more about that um, that's a huge subject for me i have males in my children's elementary school with breast i'm gonna just leave that there i have ADHD, ODD, um, diagnosed years ago, has a 504, uh, 504 and an IEP, and he um, is at a, like a, he's supposed to be a junior, like a fifth grade reading level, so, yeah. Yeah, they definitely are trying to dumb down our children and to block a proper pathway for our children to be successful in their learning experience. It's very unfortunate, but we definitely need to clear out all of our school district's uh, boards. And so th that means that a lot of parents are going to have to essentially do like what Miss uh, Maggie was saying about my wife. When my wife, she took up a lot of responsibility within our household so that I could learn the things that I've learned and have the time to apply the things that I've learned. My wife had to, to essentially be both male and female for our household while, while I'm still here. Watching our kids and providing for our household. But we have to make sacrifices within our own household in order to be able to take control of our government. Now, one of the things that both Ed and you, Desmond, have been trying to do is wake up the Oregonians. Um, I'm hearing that still we have too many people that are extremely apathetic. And one of the things that I think that you could relate to this, Desmond, and you can also, Eddie, 
is we've had for the last 25 years a man by the name of Solomon Yu that was brought here by one of the heads of the World Economic Forum. Now, the World Economic Forum is the one that wants us to eat crickets. They're the ones that say we'll have nothing, we'll own nothing, and we'll be happy. One of the heads of the World Economic Forum actually sponsored Mr. Solomon Yu to come from communist China and put on the sob story how he came from this communist country and all he cares about is freedom and justice for everyone. Well, what he did was with the money, I'm sure, from his sponsor, or we call his handler, he started to insert himself in the Republican Party of Oregon and work his way up to the point where now he's very wealthy living in Lake Oswego. Um, He's living with a gal who used to be the mayor of Baker City, uh, Carrie McQuesten, and the two of them and her mother, Susan Ellis Jones, have absolutely upset the Republican Party. Solomon Yu made his way all the way to the Oregon national chairman. He was the chairman for the state of Oregon for the Republican Party, whining and dining back in Washington, D.C., and getting wealthier and wealthier while he was doing it. Now, we're going to be bringing on in a few minutes Mr. Don Powers, who is going to be um, asking for the vote of Oregonians. Um, 136 people will be voting. We almost were able to get Solomon Yu out. Uh, He's been basically ruining the state of Oregon for the last 25 years, and we missed getting him out recalled by like three votes, I think it was. Um, What do the two of you think about what the next person needs to do who will be the national chairman for the state of Oregon, the Republican Party? I'll let him have first crack at this. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You know, all right, I'll take it. Um, I think that they should abandon the Republican Party. I think personally, that's just my own personal opinion. I think that there's only one party in the state of Oregon, and that is the Oregonian Party. And I can identify this because of my understanding of Article 2, Section 22. If you look at how we approach our campaigns under that law, if no entity can contribute any money to any candidate's campaign, that includes their party. The only people that can contribute to you are the people within your district. And your party has no voice beyond just, I mean, handing out flyers, getting the word out, things like that. That honestly, our the Republican Party and the Democrat Party should not have a seat on our ballots that is uh, superior to an independent party. Everybody should have to go through the same process to be placed on our ballot. And I don't see a reason why we should have glorification for any party other than the Oregonian party as a whole. If people focus more on their own districts and the improvements that's needed for the people within their districts instead of party politics, Oregon would be a better place. Now you want my opinion on it? Yes, Ed. <laughs> we need to go back to a blue-collared guy. We need somebody that actually cares about this this freaking state. Now, Desmond doesn't know me, and I, I've never met Desmond. This is the first time we've ever got to actually hear each other. But I'm going to tell you this. Back in the 1980s, the Republican Party then and the Democrat Party, what's called the Northern Spotted Owl, sweep across Oregon. Now, we have supposed, um, oh, what do they want to call it themselves? Anyway, it's basically environmental groups that are keeping us from logging fires. They are keeping us from logging our forests and thinning our forests the way we need to and control burning our forests, which is causing all these massive wildfires. We have had an ice storm in 2014. We had a major winter storm in 2019, another ice storm here in 2024 that have swept through Oregon, taking down more trees than we can even put through sawmills in the next 20 years. But we can't clean up our forest. Which ground fuel is that causing? How many homes, how many lives is that going to endanger? We need somebody that's going to stand up for our damn state. Because I'm sorry, me and you had this conversation, we kind of disagreed, Maggie Rosen, I'm going to go into this. People are talking about what we need to do for the environment, for the for the schools and for the cities and what we need to do for our medical providers and all that. If we don't take care of these forests and we don't clear them out, our cities aren't going to be here because most of Western Oregon is going to be another Paradise California fire 
you can talk to the fire chief up in Cottage Grove because he was on the radio back in 2019 talking about this. Well, that has been one of the problems that I think, and I think I agree with Ed on this, one of the biggest problems we've seen here in Oregon in the great Northwest is the fact is the Department of Forestry and the Bureau of Land Management have been mismanaging our forest and not allowing us to be able to take care of our own forest. And they're the reasons we've been having um, these horrible forest fires. Actually, Maggie Rose, I went in and looked. There was multiple lawsuits against BLM, against the Forest Service, not allowing them to do logging cells. I think that this is one of the main reasons why Miss Maggie is going to be possibly the greatest governors we've had in Oregon, period. Because none of them has ever empowered our state militia, here being the Oregon Civil Defense Force. And Miss Maggie has the opportunity to do what needs to be done. And our state militia being empowered by our state constitution actually has the authority to make those decisions and cannot be overruled by BLM or any federal uh, regulation. I thank that. I thank you for that, that confidence. <clears throat> A lot of people don't understand what the um, Oregon militia used to be. And let me explain, folks. As many of you know, I served over 35 years in the military, both 10 years active duty 25 years in the Army National Guard in three states, including Oregon, as well as the active Army Reserve. For those people like myself who've retired from military service, we were authorized in many of our respective states to actually carry an ID card, wear the uniform of that day that's issued by the Army. We would go out and volunteer. So when they take our National Guard and send them throughout the state or other states or even God forbid, overseas, for the so-called police actions that are not even legitimate wars, then that's when the Oregon militia would be able to step in and fill in while our regular National Guard was sent elsewhere by the governor. What Kate Brown did when she came in is she disbanded the Oregon State Militia. So when our National Guard is sent overseas or to other states, we do not have the kind of numbers of the Oregon National Guard that we need in case we have a Cascadia event or a natural disaster or forest fires or whatever. And then we have to hope that people from other states will come here and help us. As your governor, I will make sure that that Oregon militia or state militia is brought back again. And these are people that volunteer. They do not get paid by the state of Oregon, but they have to do regular training in uniform and they have to be ready to be called up when they're needed. Correct? Desmond? Absolutely. And that makes me so proud to call you governor. This is, this is one of the reasons why I address you as governor. I like that you identify that deficiency that we have in our state and the need and the, the problems that it can solve. Well, you know, the thing is, is, you know, Eddie, I have seen what's happened with you and your friends when you guys have gone out to fight fires. And um, I have firefighters in my family. Unfortunately, they're south of the border in California. But one of the things that I, when I first moved to this part of Oregon, I've lived in two other places in Oregon. But when I moved to this part of Oregon, I met a gentleman who proudly showed me his ID card. And then when I was running for governor in 2022 um, and not allowed to debate with Tina Kotek, Christine Drazen, uh, the, the Rhino or Betsy Johnson, and the excuse given by the Oregonian newspaper was, well, you don't have any credibility because you don't have at least a million dollars in your pack. And yet one of the things that Desmond has identified that the people like Christine Drazen, Tina Kotek, and Betsy Johnson, why they had over a million dollars in their pack is because people like Tina Kotek and her Democrat Party were getting money from FTX and Lamodia, and now they won't give it back, even though there's serious, serious um, election uh, laws that were violated. We have people like Christine Drazen, Tina Kotek, and Betsy Johnson that got over $45,000 from Phil Knight 
and his Nike Corporation, which is a violation of Article 2, Section 22 of the Oregon State Constitution that was passed by Oregonians in the 1990s, was challenged, went up to the Supreme Court that didn't have the cojones to stand by our own Oregon State Constitution, went down to the Ninth Circuit where it didn't belong because the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco has no right deciding the sovereignty of the state of Oregon or our Constitution. And it was brought back up here and upheld in 2020, which Desmond Ballard taught me that if the Oregon State Supreme Court had upheld the Article 2, Section 22, we could have kicked Kate Brown out in 2020 without a recall. Am I right, Desmond? I don't know if it applied. I don't know when uh, Kate Brown was elected. I know that it, the first application that I believe uh, it was possible was your election. That's the very first time that I know that it could have been applied. Had anybody challenged it before that, I believe that it would have been applied retroactively because it was done in fraud and anything done in fraud is void ab initio. Okay. Well, from what I'm understanding is under Article 2, Section 22, voted as an amendment by the Oregonians that that means anybody violating that cannot have the office they're seeking nor hold any office for twice the length of the office they were seeking that they violated the Constitution. That is correct. Okay, which means that uh, Shamia Fagan, her Secretary of State currently in office, as well as Tina Kotek, Betsy Johnson, and Christine Drazen, none of them can legitimately hold that office of governor no matter how many votes they had. And the only people that can be your legitimate governor is myself or Mr. Noble of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. That is correct as well. Only people that can step foot in that office is yourself and Mr. Noble. Okay, and you are going to have the part one of this hearing in Judge Edmonds' office, his courtroom actually, in Salem. Do you want to give us the time and the address again on High Street? Uh, I don't have the address on hand, but it is an 11 courtroom 2C. Um, that hearing, I'm scheduled for 30 minutes of oral arguments, and I will not disappoint. Okay, so that will be um, in courtroom 2C, like in cat. 2C, yes. like in cat. Okay, and the um, address, from what I've been told, is going to be on High Street. Um, is the address that I was actually given was on High Street. Yes. Okay, yes. and that'll be 11 o'clock. So we ask people to show up at 1030, and that will be case number C, like in Charlie, V, like in Victor, 12713. Again, case number C, like in Charlie, V, like Victor, 12713. Don't go away, guys. We're going to bring Mr. Don Powers up here in just a minute. right and our victory's on the way and we won't give up the fight till we hear 200 million say we want this country back we ain't just joking jack find your inner rebel at dixie republic the world's largest confederate store located in traveler's rest south carolina the anti-white anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.